Okay. Good. Good to go. Well, good morning, everyone. Thanks, Garth. Good morning, everyone. Um, it's great to see everybody here this morning. It's a beautiful, sunny Sunday. So well done for coming out. Um, it's great to see the weather um, improving. Um, if you're joining us on Zoom, um, you're very welcome as well. Um, we've got a busy schedule this morning, so we're going to just jump straight into it. We're going to start off, we should hopefully have some Sunday school children still with us at this point. Uh, we're going to jump into a Sunday school song, More Than Conquerors. Uh, I had to ask my niece for the words for this one. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. What can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? And the refrain is nothing, nothing, nothing. And I really hope there's a video up behind me to sing this, because I don't fancy a solo. So we're going to stand to sing behind our masks, nice and quietly, and sing at home as much as you like, um, more than conquerors. Okay. From the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. What can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? What can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? Nothing, nothing, nothing.
was slightly surreal. Um, the, those invisible words that we all sung there, that was great. Um, credit to everybody who did the actions. It was great actually seeing people scattered throughout the, the church uh, doing the actions, especially Valerie Duff down to my right here. Um, very impressive, Valerie. <laughs> okay, I need to settle myself. We're going to open in prayer um, as we uh, open our meeting. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for the freedom we currently enjoy being able to meet here this morning. Thank you for all who are listening, both here in church and for those who are online. We pray that today they will be blessed by hearing your word and encouraged to walk in love and in a manner worthy of the calling they have received. We thank you for the Lord Jesus. We thank you that he willingly went to the cross for us, that he laid down his life suffering the penalty for the price for the sins of the whole world, for our sins, for my sin. As we were thinking this morning, Christ died once for all. Thank you that because of the cross, his death, his resurrection, we can have this hope, this certainty, that our eternal future is secure and our home is in heaven. Thank you for the joy, the freedom, and the peace that we can know and enjoy because of this. We pray for those who are struggling with life, for those who carry burdens none of us know about, and struggle to live in the good of the promises of the work of Christ. I pray you would draw near to them, comfort them, heal them, restore them. We thank you that the Lord Jesus continues to constantly intercede with the Father on our behalf, and that's amazing. Remember our children and our young people. We thank you for our Sunday school teachers, and we thank you for their dedication over the past 16 months or so to continue to teach and encourage our young ones, either on Zoom or in person. I pray you will bless them in this honorable service for you. Help them to have a good rest over the summer and help them to feel refreshed. Remember our teenagers. Strengthen them in their walk with you, Lord. Build them up in their faith. Help them become real men and women of God. Encourage them into service for you. Help them to find their true identity and meaning through knowing Christ. We pray for this little country of ours. We pray for the political landscape at present. We pray for our politicians. We pray for wisdom and peace. We pray that in your will we may have a functioning government to help Guide us further out of lockdown and address the needs of the population in our health and social care. And we pray that we'll continue to have religious freedom to meet as we do now. For those who are unwell, for those who've had recent surgery, we pray that you will draw near to them, heal them, put your hand upon them, Father, and restore them to health and strength. Finally, we pray for Nick. We thank you for him. Bless him as he ministers to us this morning. Help us to listen. Help us to hear your voice through his message. We ask all these things in and through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, we have a wee extra slot this morning. Um, we are at the last day of Sunday school. So in a, just in a moment, um, Scott's going to come up and just tell us what they've been doing over the last year. It's been a very difficult year for them. But I want to thank on behalf of the elders, on behalf of the church here, I want to thank all our Sunday school teachers for their hard work and dedication, for their resourcefulness over a lockdown, 
transforming um, jammies or Sunday school um, onto online activities and worksheets. Um, they've done a great job in keeping our children engaged and encouraged and together over a very difficult time. So I'm going to hand over to Scott for the next few minutes and he's going to tell us a wee bit more about what they've been doing. Thanks, Scott. Good morning, everyone. Hard to believe that it is the end of June already. Now, if you're a child here this morning, the end of June means two key things for you. First of all, it means the end of school, which probably is a good thing. But secondly, it means the end of CK. Now, you might be asking, what is CK? Well, we went through a bit of a, a rebrand over the last year. And what was JAM has turned into CK, Crescent Kids, um, to go in line with Crescent Youth. So what is CK? Well, CK is our weekly children's ministry that we have here at Crescent on a Sunday. And what are we doing? Well, Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6 says, Train a child up in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So when we take your kids out the back every week, we're training them. We're not necessarily doing running races or egg and spoon races or, or anything like that, but we're training them in the Word of God. We're training them in what God's Word, the Bible, teaches them. And how do we do that? Well, we do that through stories from the Bible. We do that through singing songs like the one you all joined in earlier, and we do that through things like quizzes um, as well. So CK is our weekly ministry. But it hasn't always been out the back over the last number of months. As we all know, from time to time, we've had to stay in our houses. So we haven't been able to take your kids out the back every week in the way that we would like to. So some of that has had to have been done online. For quite a few months, we had to transition onto Zoom like the rest of you. But we tried to have as much fun while we were doing that as we could. Some of the kids came along week in, week out with a very fun or exciting Zoom background and we had to try and guess where they had decided to locate themselves for that particular week. But it's been a real privilege that we've been able to open God's Word with your children every week. While we hope that over the next few months we can obviously continue to build this out and get back to what, what would have been a more normal children's program, we really do appreciate the time that we've had to spend with your children um, over the last number of months. So who is in CK? I wonder at this stage if I could get all of the, the CK kids to stand up and give us a wave. Who do we have? I can see a few faces. There's some of them up there. Yep, very good. There's a few of them scattered amongst the place. There's some of them behind me too. Our kids are really important for us as a church family. So there's a few people who I would like to thank. I would like to thank all of you children for coming along to CK every week. I hope we've had lots of good fun throughout the year and that you'll all come back next September, well this September, for, for another year of fun. But we also need to thank the parents. We need to thank the parents for sending their kids along and entrusting them with us every week. And what we do for half an hour or 45 minutes every week is only a small part of discipling these children. So we need to thank the parents too for the work that they put in with their children on a day and daily basis. 
And there's a few other people we need to thank as well. We had a change of, of the team at the start of this year. Uh, Jamie Lannan and Catherine Dilworth left our team. Um, obviously, Catherine had a baby and Jamie had other commitments. Um, but we were able to gain Amy Cullen as well, and we've really benefited from Amy um, joining the team and being part of what we are doing in CK. But we also want to thank you as a church family for your continued prayers and support, support for us at CK as, as we teach these children, as we minister to them from the Word of God. We want to thank you for your continual support as a church family and your continued prayer for these children, both in what we're doing here with them at Crescent uh, and indeed as they grow uh, as, as children and young people in whatever situation and circumstance they find themselves in. So to give you a one final insight as to what we've been doing for the last number of weeks and months. Since Christmas, we've been looking at a, at a theme of miniature heroes. We looked at characters from the Bible who were children, who were young people, who the kids could relate to, to see how God used them as part of his plan. And then over the last number of weeks, we, we moved to a series looking at the book of Acts, looking at lessons from that about missionary journeys with a missional focus. And then as, as part of the last couple of weeks, we've been inviting um, some families along within Crescent who have missionary connections to share with the kids um, about what it means to go and share your faith in the circumstances and situations you find yourselves in. So that's what we've been doing with, with the kids at CK over the last number of months. And as I say, we've been having lots of fun and we do appreciate your continued prayers and support. I think at this stage, kids, if you all want to follow me, um, we'll hit. We're going to sing another song. Perfect. Thanks. Okay, well, sing a song. Um, as the kids leave, um, I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forevermore. As we sing this, the kids will go to CK. Um, so we'll stand and sing.
Please take your seat. It's lovely to hear that being sung out uh, so well. Just a quick mention of the announcements. Um, please refer to the church bulletin on email for um, up-to-date information. Tonight we uh, continue our series at 7 o'clock both in the building and on Zoom, the revivals of Second Chronicle, um, Josiah, and that's David Earnshaw. That is a video recording, um, but we're still welcome to both meet in church or Zoom from home. We are delighted to have Nick uh, here with us this morning again. Nick's no stranger. He's a member here uh, and uh, a well-used Bible speaker with us. We thank you once again, Nick, for your time and preparation. Nick continues the series uh, on the heart of Christ, our intercessor and advocate. And Nick, obviously, you have a bit of grace as we had an extra wee slow there. So you can go on for a wee bit longer. David Farrell said it was okay. Neville should know better than to tell any preacher they can go on a little bit longer, so I try not to take him up on that. Good morning. Um, when I go on holiday, and I'm sorry to mention holidays in a year when most of us probably won't get one, but when I go on holiday, I have this little quirk um, where wherever I'm going, wherever it is in the world, I always like to know in the back of my mind in that country where our embassy is. Um, and I know that's odd, but, but whether it's here or, or farther afield, I always like to know where our embassy is, because in our embassy is the ambassador. And the ambassador is someone who our government here has sent to that country to make representation on our behalf to that government. And, and oftentimes, perhaps they can carry a message back from that government to ours as well. And not just at that high level, but on a personal level, if I was to get into difficulty or trouble or, or some legal issue there, I can contact the embassy, and our ambassador and his staff will work on my behalf to represent me to that government. And that's what an ambassador does. Let's open our Bibles this morning and keep that thought in our head and turn to Hebrews chapter 7. And uh, we're going to break in at verse 23, and we're just looking at a couple of verses here this morning. So Hebrews 7, 23. The former priests were many in number because they were prevented by death from continuing in office, but he holds his priesthood permanently because he continues forever. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. This is the writer of the book of Hebrews talking about the Lord Jesus. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. And that word intercession is the one we're going to keep in our minds this morning. I don't know what your experience of priests are or what comes into your mind when you think of a priest. Uh, perhaps you grew up in a country far from here in a different religion, and you're very familiar with a priest who would have conducted different rituals. Perhaps you grew up in this country in, in the Roman Catholic background, and you're very familiar with the priest as the man who, who led the service each Sunday morning. But often for, for people like ourselves, we don't have much experience with priests. We read about them in the Old Testament, and they seem quite a, a distant uh, concept to us. But a priest is not that different in their role to an ambassador. 
A priest is someone who represents God's people to God, someone who goes between God's people and God and represents them and makes representation for them. On the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament, that one special day of the year uh, when, when the sins of the people were brought before God, the high priest would go into the most inner part of the tabernacle, into the most inner holy place where God himself dwelt. And, and as part of his clothing, he wore something on his chest that represented all of God's people. And so as he went into that holy place, he brought, as it were, God's people with him. He brought them in behind the veil, and he represented them in front of God. That is what a priest does, brings God's people to God and is, if you like, an intermediary. And the idea of Jesus as the ultimate high priest is really key in the book of Hebrews, and it's really close to the author's heart. And he talks about how Jesus is the ultimate high priest, not in that we've had this series of priests who were getting better and better and better, and then the Lord Jesus was sort of at the top, but actually that, that Jesus is the real, the true, the ultimate high priest. And all of the other high priests that we read about in the Old Testament are there really just to illustrate to us what a priest does so that when we see what the Lord is doing, we understand it. And the author to Hebrews in, in verse six, in chapter 6, sorry, he says, we have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf having become a high priest forever. So in that role as high priest, the author is telling us here in chapter 7 that Jesus always lives to make intercession for us. What does that mean? Intercession is not a word we probably use in our day-to-day -day life very much. But intercession, as we come across it in the Bible and as we think about it in the Christian world, is really the idea of going on someone's behalf to someone else, going and pleading someone's case or going and representing someone. Uh, a bit like if, if you fell into legal trouble, you would have a lawyer, and if you were called in front of the judge, the lawyer stands up and he pleads your case. He intercedes for you. Or, or if you make your mum really, really angry and she's furious at you as a kid or as a grown adult. Often it's your dad who has to go and represent you and try and bring you back together. He makes intercession, as it were, for you. And that's the idea. That is the idea, is going and representing. And, and when we talk about intercession, often we talk about it in terms of prayer. We intercede on behalf of someone else. We pray for them. And so what this is telling us is that the Lord Jesus is praying for us. He's praying for you. And I wonder, do you think about that? Is that a thought that enters your head, that the Lord Jesus is praying for you? The Lord Jesus is interceding for us. And in fact, we're, we're, he says it's a, he always lives to do this. So we get this idea that, that this is something that is happening right now and is continuing to happen, is going to keep happening. He always lives to make intercession for us. And why, why is he doing that? Why is this occupying the Lord's time? Well, we're told, aren't we, it's because he is able to save to the, to the uttermost. It is the Lord's desire to save us completely to the end, as it were. 
he who began a good work in you is going to carry it through to the end. And as part of that, the Lord intercedes for us. If you've ever overheard someone talking about you or talking about you to someone else, it gives you a real insight into what they really think about you. And I wonder if we could hear the Lord praying for us. What would we think? What would we hear him saying? What insight might we give into how the Lord feels about us? And this morning, for for just a few minutes, I want us to look at three moments, pick out three moments from the New Testament when, as it were, we can eavesdrop on the Lord interceding for us. And as we look at those, I want you to think in your own head, what does this tell me about the heart of Jesus? What does this tell me about the heart of Jesus, about who he is and how he feels about me? So that's what we're going to think about. One of the first things we think about is that the Lord intercedes on behalf of our faith, our belief, our trust in him. And we get a great example of that in Luke's gospel in chapter 22, when the Lord is talking to Peter, Simon Peter, and he says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. The Lord is praying that our faith will be sustained throughout our lives because He wants to save us completely. He wants to save us to the uttermost. And perhaps for you, these last 14, 16 months, each lockdown comes and spiritually perhaps a shutdown comes along with it. We've fallen out of the normal patterns of life and we find ourselves a bit flattened spiritually. Well, the Lord right now is praying that your faith would not fail. Or perhaps something has happened to you in your life, something that has just shattered the world around you, something you took for granted and it has just disappeared. My grandfather always said, you you never see the punch coming that floors you. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and that's exactly how you feel your faith in pieces in the face of that. Well, right now, right now for you in this very moment, the Lord is praying for you. The Lord is interceding for you that your faith would not fail. So the Lord intercedes for us for our faith. And then in 1 John, we see the Lord intercedes for us. He acts as our advocate when we sin. 1 John 2 My little children, I am writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And so in our Christian lives, if we fall into sin, the Lord intercedes for us with his Father. Now, let's be really clear. That is not the Lord offering himself again as a sacrifice or dying a second time, and we've already thought about that, and and David's been reminding us of that so helpfully this morning. And in Hebrews chapter 10, the, the, the author says, when Christ had offered for all times a single sacrifice, he sat down. So this is not that the Lord is doing something extra. The Lord's sacrifice was finished, and it was accepted by his Father. But perhaps, again, you're sitting here and you look into the inner parts of yourself and you recognize that there is sin in your life. 
Perhaps you've fallen into adultery. Perhaps you've fallen into fraudulent behavior in your business. Perhaps you've become deceitful. Whatever it is, as you sit here in the pew and you look into your own life, you're aware that there is sin there as a believer, and you're equally aware that the devil is coming before God and saying, look at this guy. This guy's walking around with your name on him, and look at how he's behaving. Look at what he's doing. The accuser, as it were, drags us before God and says, what are you going to do about it? You're going to have to do something. Give him to me. And in that moment, the Lord Jesus steps forward as our advocate and opens the portfolio, as it were, of what he did on Calvary and says, that sin was covered by my death, and that death was accepted, and that issue has been dealt with, and there is no case to answer for here. So when we sin as Christians, the Lord demands that we repent of it and we turn from it, but we have an advocate in heaven. So the Lord intercedes for us that our faith may not fail. He intercedes for us when we sin. And then He intercedes for us as well in terms of our own Christian growth and life, what we would maybe call our sanctification. In John's Gospel 17, the Lord prays a prayer that that is commonly called His high priestly prayer. And He prays to His Father for His followers, and He prays lots of things for them, some of them we've already thought of. He prays, Father, keep them in Your name. Keep their faith. Keep them from the evil one. Keep them that they may all be one. He prays for our unity as a body. Prays that that we may have His joy fulfilled in ourselves, that, that, that we would ultimately be redeemed and see His glory, that we would be with Him and see His glory. But He prays as well that God would sanctify them in the truth. So the Lord looks at our Christian walk and wants it to be a walk, doesn't want it to be static. And He prays for us in that. He prays to His Father that we would grow and mature and develop. And by the way, if that is how the Lord prays so earnestly for each of our growth and development and maturity, I wonder how seriously we're praying for it ourselves. It does no harm for our prayers to be in sync with the Lord's, does it? So, we have in the Lord Jesus, our high priest, an intercessor, someone who is representing us, someone who is praying that our faith would not fail, someone who is praying and advocating for us when we sin, and someone who is praying for our growth and maturity and development as Christians. Now, I asked you to think about each of those things and what it tells you about the Lord Jesus Himself. Some of you here, I know, run marathons, Um, We could intercede for that. But I often wonder what the role of the mom or the girlfriend or the boyfriend is like for someone who's running a marathon. I I imagine you sort of get them up in the morning and make sure they're well hydrated, and you drive them to the starting line, you give them a pep talk, and you send them off. And then you can go to Starbucks or Costa for four or five hours and have a few coffees and read the paper and maybe watch a bit of Netflix. And then right? They're probably getting near the end now. Pop back in the car, drive around to the finish line, cheer you over the line, and give you a big hug at the end. And it's very easy for us as Christians to think that the Lord Jesus inhabits a similar sort of a pattern. He was there at the start. He he, he died, and He was there when we came to faith. 
And we know he's going to be there at the end when we pass through the curtain of death and he'll be waiting with open arms for us. And we know that he sent the, the Holy Spirit to be our comforter, to be our help, our advocate while we're here on earth. But, but we're sort of a bit vague about what the Lord himself is actually doing right now for us. Is, is, he, is he just waiting to see us at the far end? Well, what we've read this morning has challenged that, hasn't it? It's made us realize that the Lord is always making intercession for us, always before the Father, praying for our faith, speaking up when we're caught in sin, praying and interceding for our growth and sanctification, and all so that He is able to save us to the uttermost, completely and finally. Do you realize how much the Lord loves you? Do you realize how much you are on his heart? How he is burdened for you, for your growth, for your salvation, for your faith. How he cares for you. How he looks out for your best. And and we see that love that he has pouring itself out here. Manifested, as it were, in his determination to save us completely. And we see that love in his heart. We see that determination That is a sure and steadfast anchor for our souls. We see the Lord's heart here of love for us, and that gives us a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner on our behalf, becoming our high priest forever. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that though the idea and language of priests is often unfamiliar to us, when we understand it, it is a great comfort. Thank you for the assurance that you are the representative for each of us. We thank you that you are our advocate when we sin. We thank you that you are praying for our faith in the midst of difficult circumstances. We thank you that you are wanting to see us nurtured and matured in our lives. But most of all, Lord, we thank you for what this tells us about your feelings for us. We thank you for your love for us. We know that we do not deserve it. And yet we reflect that it is totally inescapable when we read these verses that you love us, that we are on your heart and you are burdened for us and for our good, and that you are always interceding for us. Lord, we thank you for it. Pray that you would encourage us, each of us, with this as we go into the week ahead. In your name, amen. Thank you, Nick, uh, very much. Um, That was really, really helpful, really encouraging. Um, We're going to take time to sing our, our closing hymn during which would the parents of uh, CK children please uh, go and collect them. Um, I believe it was a secret prize day due to restrictions. We couldn't have it down here. So I believe they've maybe got a wee prize today uh, for their attendance at Sunday school over the last year. We're going to sing, There is a higher throne than all this world has known, where faithful ones from every day, will one, where every tongue will one day come. This bit here, Before the sun will stand, made faultless, through the Lamb, believing hearts and promised grace, salvation comes. We're going to stand and sing this um, together, and please remember the service tonight at 7.
both in the building uh, and online. And thank you all for coming out today. It's really great to see so many out. Um, and we just pray you, you'll be blessed by being here today um, through what we've heard through next ministry. So we'll stand and sing, There is a Higher Throne. Remember to exit by the usual ways, this side out this door to the large car park, this side out that way to the small one, everybody up top out the front.
and refer to the screen about loitering uh, on the pavement. Thanks for coming, folks, and uh, we'll, we'll see some of you tonight. Thank you.